Welcome to the Healing Trauma Podcast, a space for those who are healing from complex and developmental trauma. Introducing your host, Monique Coven, a certified trauma recovery coach, survivor, and thriver. The intent of the podcast is to provide helpful information with insight that can validate, encourage, and support you on your healing journey. You're going to hear stories from other survivors and trauma experts, featuring therapists, coaches, and practitioners. We will open up the conversation on effective trauma healing modalities, practices, and tools. If you are interested in trauma recovery coaching, as well as recommended books and healing resources, head over to www.thehealingtraumapodcast.com. And now, here is your host, Monique Coven. Welcome back, everyone. On today's episode, I'm going to share both a conversation and a demo that I did with Dr. Richard Schwartz. Richard is the creator of Internal Family Systems, IFS, which is a very popular healing modality for working on childhood trauma or trauma, complex trauma. And so you're going to get a chance to actually watch what it is like when you are working with a wounded part. And I think that this is often really helpful because we can, we can learn and ask questions about how something works, but when we actually experience it or see it, we really can get a better feel for whether this is a modality that feels right to us, whether this is something that we resonate with and want to maybe try on our healing journey. So I'm going to link the episode or the video of the episode in the show notes. So if you'd like, you can watch it. Or if not, you can just listen to it. I also asked him some of your questions that you shared with me on Instagram. What I really hope is that you're going to leave listening or watching this episode with, with a sense of hope that healing and recovering and moving forward is possible. And now on to the episode. Hi, Richard. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Monique. Looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it too. I have had people on the podcast before, uh, different therapists talking about uh, IFS and so what I wanted to talk about today was some of the components of IFS in regards specifically to healing trauma. I also made a special note that I do want to talk about that self part, because I think that so often with trauma, we don't even feel like we have a self part to identify with. So I want to talk about that. And then I have questions that the audience uh, gave when I said that you were that you were coming on. Um, and yeah, so that's it. So you up to it? Yeah, sounds great. Okay, great. So I guess the first thing we, we can just talk a little bit about is, is why and how is IFS a helpful model when it comes to healing trauma, specifically childhood trauma, complex trauma? Okay, well, that's a big question. Um, 
I think because it's helpful in many different ways. So, number one, the idea that it's it's parts of you that carry the the what we call burdens from the trauma, the extreme beliefs and emotions. So it's not you; it's just these little parts of you, and they aren't what they seem because. Uh, uh, the trauma has the effect of forcing them out of their naturally valuable states. They're, I just wrote a book called No Bad Parts. There are no bad parts. But trauma can turn them into, temporarily, parts that can cause damage or trouble. Uh, and But the good news is when they are willing uh, to unburden, to release the extreme beliefs and emotions that came from the trauma, they'll transform into their naturally valuable states. So healing from trauma is a lot about what I call unburdening and allowing for this, this kind of amazing, rapid transformation of the parts that are stuck in the trauma scenes and carry all those, those uh, emotions and beliefs uh, to become who they're really designed to be. So that's one aspect of it. The other is uh, that in addition to these parts, there is what I call the self with a capital S in everybody and can't be damaged, isn't damaged by the trauma and uh, knows how to heal, knows how to heal both internally and in between people. And turns out it's just beneath the surface of these parts so that when they open enough space, you, Monique, would really turn into a different person. I, I don't, not different than you are right now, but you would have all these what I call C-word qualities available. Um, we have what we all call the eight C's of self-leadership. So, uh, if I say I was, we were wanting to work with a critic inside of you, and I had you focus on it, and I asked you how you felt toward it, most people initially say, "I hate it." It drives me crazy. I, I, I want to get rid of it. And I would say, could we get the parts who hate it to give us a little space to just get to know it? And most of the time, those parts, if they think it's in their best interest, and I'll say, and then we might be able to change it, are willing to give us the space. And when they do, I'd ask you again, now how do you feel toward it? And you say, I'm just kind of curious about why it calls me names all day. So that was... Uh, accessing of self, that C word curiosity. And you'd also be confident relative to it and calm and you'd have even some compassion for it. And when you were in that state, you could have a much better dialogue with that critic who would reveal to you how it's just trying to protect you. And it's yelling at you all the time to try and get you to behave in a way that's going to not get you hurt. or or it's trying to tear down your confidence so you don't take any risks mm -hmm. and you stay small. And as you get that, then you even have appreciation for how it's trying to protect you. You have an entirely different re re relationship with this critic. And all of that then lends itself to learning about what the critic is protecting, which would be much more vulnerable parts of you. And then we could go about healing those parts, which would then liberate this critic to do something entirely different inside of you. So anyway, <laughs> you open the door to a big, big question. I could keep going on and on about it, but.
Yeah. Wow. Um, I, I, I'm just thinking, okay. So when you, one thing you said about healing the part that, so like, let's say there was a part, for example, that was protecting you against something, um, that happened that was very traumatic. How do you go about healing that part in the present? If something traumatic that they're afraid of happened in the past? Yeah. So again, if, if it was a protector, which you said, then we, we honor it rather than fight with it like that critic and learn about what it protects. So in that conversation, I would have you, I would say, Monique, ask the critic what it's afraid would happen if it didn't yell at you all day. And in answering that question, we would learn about what it's protecting. Mm. And it might say you'd be hurt, something like that. And I would say, if we could go to the parts that were hurt and heal them so that they no longer were so vulnerable, would you have to call our names all day? And the part would say, no, but I don't think you can do that. And I'd say, well, would you give us a chance to show that we can because we can. And usually if they really believe that, they'll give us a chance, they'll, they'll give us permission to go to the vulnerable inner child, other systems call. And I would say, Monique, how do you feel toward that little girl? It's often a little girl. And you would say, you know, let's to speed it up. I'll say, you would say, I feel sorry for her. I want to help her. Okay, can you let her know that? And we would do that until you had a trusting relationship with that little, what we call exiled little girl. <clears throat> and then the healing steps for an exile, I would have you ask her to sh really show you and let you feel and see and sense everything about what happened when she got hurt in the past. So you become a compassionate witness to your own history. And we do that until this little part of you feels like now you finally get what happened and how bad it was. And once that's complete, I would say, Monique, now I want you to go into that scene and be with her in the way she needed somebody. And you would be there, you wouldn't see yourself, be yourself as you are with this little girl. You'd see the little girl and you might see your parents doing something to her. And when you were back there with her, I would say, ask her what she'd like you to do for her back there. And you might push the parents away or yell at them or take, you know, protect her. And now she's getting attached to you as a protector. And then I would say when she was ready, let's bring her out of that time to a safe, comfortable present or to a fantasy place of her choice. And that's what we call the retrieval. We were retrieving her from where she's stuck in the past. And we'd set it up so you took care of her on an ongoing basis. And then she's ready to unload these extreme beliefs and emotions that she got from the, from the, and so we set that up. We have a kind of ritualized way to send them out of your system. And we send those extreme beliefs and emotions. You come back, how's she doing now? She feels much lighter. She just wants to play. Okay. And now let's bring in that critic to see that it doesn't have to protect her anymore and ask what it wants to do instead. And now it wants to be your cheerleader. So we help it into this new role. So it's like that. That 
was really great. The way you explained <laughs> like really the whole, that was wonderful. Thank you. I had a question that maybe people are wondering. So, you know, if we don't really understand the concept of the, the self and you say, well, you're going to go back and you're going to be with her. Very often people are like, I can't be with her because they're feeling all of her. Right. When you go back, are you going back? Do you have to first really feel like you're in the self? Yeah. You want to role play it or you want, we could actually do it if you want. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I'm up for it. Let's do okay. it. Okay. Do you have a part that you want to re retrieve? Um, I feel like I have already, but I could relate to it. Okay. Which one? Well, we can do that. The little girl, um, the vulnerable little girl, because that sounds like my story. Yeah. Okay. So you're ready? Yeah, I'm ready. So f focus on her. Okay. And see where you find her in your body or around your body. Yeah. So I, I can feel her around my stomach. Uh -huh. And as you notice her there, how do you feel toward her today? I feel, I feel compassion for her. Great. So let her know and just see how she reacts to your compassion. Yeah, she's looking at me with big eyes. Good. And how close are you to her in terms of feet away, would you say? I'm I'm pretty close, like almost almost in front of her. So Good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So ask if she does trust that you care about her. Mm. <laughs> this makes me a little emotional because she said, sorry, you're the only one who has. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, so let her know you're really glad that she has you and that you do that she does trust you. And ask if there's any more she needs you to know about what happened to her to make her feel bad in the past. Just ask if she feels like you get it all now or if there's anything more she wants you to get about what happened to her. Okay, well, she's telling me that she wants me to understand what it felt like when <clears throat> when the relatives knew what was happening and they didn't do anything. But I actually thought I, I thought she knew that I did get it. Okay, but the part that just said that, Monique, yeah, let's get that one to step out. The one that said that to step out. The one that said I thought she knew. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So let her know you get there's more she wants you to get about that. Okay. And you're ready to. Is that true? You're ready to know more? Yeah. Yes, I am. Okay. So tell her to let you get the rest of it about what it was like for the relatives to not do anything. What that was like for her. Everything she wants you to feel and see and sense about it. Yeah, I get it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Ask her if she agrees that you do get it now. If that's everything. No, there's more. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. She wants also 
to make sure I understand how terrified she was uh, when, you know, things were happening at home okay. with her caregiver. Yeah. So tell her to let you get that too, that piece of it too. And as much as she wants you again to feel and see and sense. Earlier, you apologized for crying, but, you know, we really want you to be able to cry if she needs you to. Okay. Just stay with it. Just how scared she was. I get it. Does she agree? Yeah. Now she's, is that everything? Just ask her if that's everything, or if there's anything more. <laughs> ah, I didn't want this podcast episode to be about me. <laughs> no, it should be. Yeah, we need to fix this. Uh, yeah, just again to know the amount of pain she swallowed. I feel it. Good. Uh, when she was saying goodbye to her dad. Okay, so stay with that. Is that okay to know too? Yes. So tell her you're ready to get that piece too. I'm ready. Okay. Again, ask if that's everything or if there's more. Yeah, I'm that's all. She said that? Yeah. She did. Okay. All right, Monique. So I want you to go to her in that time period and be there with her in the way she needed somebody. And just tell me when you're back there with her. Okay. So like go back to a particular scene? Wherever she wants you to, to okay. come. You just ask her. Where I'm she at, yeah, I'm at the airport. <laughs> Good. Okay. And how are you being with her there? Mm, I'm holding her hand. Perfect. And how is she reacting to you being with her? Yeah, she's taken in, she's taking in my hand. Good. Yeah. And ask her if there's anything else she wants you to do with her or for her back there before we take her to a good, safe place. Okay. I'm going to get emotional again. She wants, she wants me to hug her while I'm saying goodbye. Yeah, so can you do that? Yeah. yeah. So just stay with it and let all the emotion come. It's really, really good to feel it all. And just hold her while she says goodbye. Okay, it's done. Okay, and ask if there's anything else she needs you to do for her or with her or if she's ready to leave with you. Yeah, she's ready to leave with me. Good. So let's take her out of there. Mm -hmm. And you could take her to your house there. Mm -hmm. So she could just live with you there or 
to a fantasy place of her choice. It's up to her. Yeah, she wants to stay with me. So tell me when she's there with you. Yes. Okay, good. Yeah, so tell her she never has to go back there and you're gonna be taking care of her and see how that is for her. Yeah, she took a deep breath. You're good. And say, and given that, ask if she's ready now to unload the feelings and beliefs she got back there. Mm-hmm. And ask where she carries all that in her body or on her body. Where or does she? Where? On her shoulders and in her stomach. And ask what she'd like to give all that up to. Light, water, fire, wind, earth, or anything else. Fire. All right, so set up a fire for her. Mm -hmm. And when she's ready, she can just let all that go out of her shoulders and stomach into the fire and let the fire take care of it. Okay, it's done. How does she feel without it? Mm. Great. Good. Light. Yeah. Good. And ask if she if she wants to, she can invite qualities into her body now she'd like to have. You can just see what comes into her now. Yeah, compassion. Mm -hmm. Love, mm -hmm. freedom, it's great. Softness, mm -hmm. Spont spontan spontaneous, spontaneity, whatever. Spontaneity, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Curiosity. Mm -hmm. Great. Not playful. Mm -hmm. So how does she seem now? Very good. Very, very at ease, very peaceful. Mm -hmm. So we're almost done, Monique, but you can invite all the parts who've been protecting her to come in and see that they don't have to now and just see who shows up and who how they react. I don't really see any parts um, coming. Okay. Through. Okay, that's okay. <clears throat> but again, just reassure her that uh, now that you've got her there, mm -hmm. you're gonna be with her every day and take care of her this way and yes and say how that sounds to her amazing good mm -hmm. so yeah 
Come on back when you're ready. Wow. This was so beautiful and it at such a it, it's such a great place because I felt like I was already becoming um very compassionate towards her. So this is like just starting right. to finish. Thank you so much. So now people have a really clear idea of what an IFS um, session when you're dealing with uh, complex trauma and childhood wounds can be like. That's right. This was retrieving an exile with many people. Before we get there, we have to get permission from protectors of it. So this is kind of advanced in the sense that you've done a lot of work on yourself, so you didn't have any fear about going to her. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but just so people know, we don't generally start with the, uh, exile like that. It's just, yeah. But yeah, and you had a lot of self, you know, when I got parts, you know, we just had to get one part to step back and suddenly you had all those c-word qualities toward her and uh you sort of knew how to do it so that we access yourself and then you as in self healed her yeah and and i want to say for people who might be uh listening going well why was it so easy for her i want to say that years and years and years and years ago i did ifs and i had a very difficult time because i just was so enmeshed with uh, blended is the what the term that you use with the part that I could not even I just mm -hmm. I just couldn't do anything mm -hmm. so yeah that's great yeah oh thank you so there's so much hope and those of you who also feel like you don't like your parts that can change that can so change which is so hopeful if you'd like to find out more about trauma recovery coaching with me you can visit my website at thehealingtraumapodcast.com. There you'll find a variety of ways that we could work together. Um, I'm going to ask you some questions now because I feel like it was all about me and I want to make it about others as well. So you so ready? The part of you that keeps saying that needs to get. <laughs> needs to what? Needs to get that this was much more instructive than had I just talked about it. So it being all about you is really useful for your your goal. Mm -hmm. Yes, 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 yes. Right. Okay, so question, um, they're not in any particular order. I just I just wrote them down. So they're going to be as they were asked. So the first one is, I've been using IFS with my therapist for almost a year, and recently started adding EMDR. So um, those of you who don't know what EMDR is, we did a couple of episodes on that to the mix. My therapist told me that she's had clients that struggle to even understand the concept of IFS, much less combat it with other modalities, therapy modalities. What makes it easier for some people rather than others to understand the IFS concepts? Is there a certain level of emotional intelligence required to understand it? Does it depend on how connected people are to their, emo their own emotions and experiences? I'd say yes to the latter question. So, or the latter answer. Yeah. Because... Um, 
you know, I've been at this 40 years and I've worked with many people that come in naive to what I'm doing and uh, some people jump in right away and get it right away and other people, you know, the, the reaction is, what do you mean parts? I don't know what you're talking about. And so I've learned to be very, very patient with those people. Um, part of the problem has been parts has been pathologized by, particularly by the, the DID, what used to be multiple personality disorder framework that said trauma fragments the mind and these are shards of the broken glass. So they're, they're not healthy, they're just pieces of you that got blown apart. And so people think if, if you have parts or if you, if you hear voices, then you must be crazy. So there is that stigma that we're up against in the, in the culture. Not nearly the way it used to be years ago when I was trying to do this. For some reason, the culture's come a long way around the idea of multiplicity. Mm -hmm. But there are still some people who are afraid to acknowledge that. And I'll say things like, "Have you? are you facing a dilemma in your life? I say, yeah, okay. Do you have one part saying, go for it, and another part saying, don't you dare? Do you have those thoughts in there? Well, those thoughts are coming from these different parts of you. And, and all I'm trying to do is help you help them get get along with each other and listen to each other. And, and uh, so it's that kind of a process. And if it's, if it's not something you want to do, I, we don't have to do it. And a lot of times, if I just back off, and we do something else for a few sessions, and then I bring it up again, they'll say, Oh, yeah, there's this part and that part. And it was really about they didn't quite trust me enough at that point to go inside. So a lot of it is about uh, the fear of being vulnerable with somebody, being judged by them. And also, uh, as she said in her answer, the parts that are afraid to have them connect with certain emotions will make the, the parts the battleground, whether or not they exist, because it just doesn't that, that part just doesn't want you to focus in here. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Um, someone asked, can someone practice IFS by themselves? Or is it best with a practitioner? That's the first part. And the second is, if you're dealing with trauma, can you work with someone who's an IFS practitioner? Or is it better to work with a certified therapist trained in IFS? Two good questions. So um, the first question, I'm amazed at how much some people can do on their own. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you were one. And I do encourage you to meet with her every day for at least a month, even just for a few minutes to make sure she knows you didn't, you didn't forget about her and you are taking care of her. Okay. Uh, and then as you do that, you may find other parts that need attention too. And you may well be able to do a lot on your own with them. Then there are other people like me, who I just need somebody to be with me, or I won't go to these places. So it just varies enormously. Uh, so, and then the second question was, um, what was it? It was about, um, you know, and I, I think it's a good question. Um, because there are IFS that you certify that are practitioners, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. and then there's yeah ones that are therapists. That's right. So 
we strongly encourage the practitioners to do a certain level of IFS, which usually amounts to working with protectors. But if the, this person wants to do the kind of work we just did, it's better to do it with a, a certified therapist who's trained in IFS. Okay. Okay. Number three, I'm working through complex trauma with IFS and the firefighters and managers. I can't seem to get them to relax. After EMDR with my other therapist, I noticed that those parts are very activated as if not wanting me to go deeper. I want to heal. How do I stuff? No, how do I snuff those baddies out and let my true self win? I, I laughed at that one, but anyway, because <laughs> you called them baddies. Yeah, well, like I say, there are no baddies. I know. <laughs> and, um, and snuffing them out is not the way to go. That just makes them stronger. So my advice is, uh, is to go to them with curiosity and learn about why they're so tense and why they're interfering. And I like EMDR. There are lots of IFS therapists combining it. One of the things I think we add to EMDR is uh, getting permission because it might be with her that this process has a way of bypassing protectors and getting to exiles without permission. And then afterwards, she may be experiencing what we call backlash, where the protectors who felt violated are punishing her for allowing that. And so EMDR has adopted a lot more, uh, you know, upfront kind of permission getting, which is mm -hmm. great. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. This is a good question. If you lived in shutdown for most of your childhood, how do you access your child parts? They hold the abuse that I haven't remembered yet. And I'm having a lot of trouble getting in touch with them. So this ties right into what I, we were just talking about, which is the, the trouble she's having is coming from a protector that isn't ready to let her access them and may well have good reasons for that. Mm -hmm. So my advice is to get to know the protector that doesn't want that and go over all its fears about letting her know what happened to her. Uh, and there are usually nine, there are about eight or nine common fears about that. And there are ways to address each of those fears that we've learned over the years. Um, and if she's working with an IFS therapist, the therapist should know how to, how to do that. Can you just, just give us a little example of what one of those fears might be? I'll, I'll re return it to you, Monique. So... <laughs> What kind of fears did your protectors have about letting you go to that little girl? I uh, didn't want to feel. Right? Mm-hmm. Because you'd be overwhelmed, right? Yeah. 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 Exactly. So that's, one, that's the most common. Mm -hmm. What else? Anything else? Um, honestly, I think it was it was that. It just didn't, it, the pain was so intense, just didn't want to, didn't want to go there. Yeah. So that's the most common one. And to that one, I would say, I get that. 
and I know how to keep you from being overwhelmed by it. You'll feel some of the pain, but you won't be overwhelmed. So next fear. <laughs> and mm -hmm. so the other common ones, one would be uh, you're afraid to be judged by me. And, uh, you know, and you did have some fear about, oh, now I'm crying. Oh, my God. <laughs> so we would have to deal with that, probably that part. Um, you know, so it's just fears like that, that you would tell me this is why I'm afraid or the part would. And then I would say, okay, well, we'll handle that one this way. How about that? And we do that until we get permission. We don't go to exiles without permission. I like that. Okay. Um, Cause there's some safety with that. Let's see here. Right. Oh, I, I like this one. I would love it if Dr. Schwartz would share suggestions on how to speak with children to plant the seeds of understanding their own parts and how to work with them to overcome challenges. So how to introduce like parts to children? You know, oddly enough, it's much easier with children. They haven't been socialized away from the phenomena. So most of the time, if you start asking about one part, they'll say, oh yeah, there's this one and then there's this other one too. And they just take it and run with it. And people have a lot of success with play therapy techniques. So draw your parts or, and then talk to the drawing or puppets or clay or what, what's called sand tray, um, even role playing, play, making it into a game and, and uh, playing that way. So it's fun, really with kids, it's, it can be really creative. Oh, I love that. Okay, great. Okay, this is the last one. And it's a hard one, I think, but let's see what you have to say. How do you unblend from a terrified part in the middle of a panic attack? And what do you do in the middle? My panic attack goes from zero to 100 in a nanosecond, as they are now a well trodden path. So it's impossible for me to de escalate them before they explode in intensity. Yeah, so it's not so hard. So uh, <laughs> first, I would say stop thinking of it as a panic attack. Because it's just an exile that's in a terrified place, stuck somewhere like your little girl was. Mm -hmm. And it's been dying to get your attention. And so it, either certain triggers will bring it out or if you're if your managers relax, it'll take the opportunity to overwhelm and come out. And generally, these exiles are afraid, these terrified exiles are afraid, if they don't totally overwhelm you, they're going to be locked up again. And that's really what most therapies do. They say, Oh, my God, you're having a panic attack. Let's ground you. And then they have you look in my eyes, feel your feet on the floor, take some deep breaths. And all of that is telling that little panic girl to leave. You follow what I'm saying? I was but then I started getting confused. Um, okay, could you just Yeah, clarify it for me, please. So if you were having a panic attack yeah. right now, what would your therapist typically do? Ground me try to ground me in the middle of it. Like, yeah, yeah ground your feet, take a breath. Mm hmm. And 
what message do you think that's given, giving to the little girl who's trying to get your attention through the panic attack? I think, to be honest, it's making her, she wants to get the hell out of here and it's making her stay if you're telling, if you're grounding her. That's the first thing that came to my mind. It's making her stay? Making her, you're grounding her. She wants to, ha she wants to get out of there. You know, in panic attacks, it's like. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, you're not grounding her. I'm grounding you. And that's giving her the message. She should not make you afraid. Okay. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah. So we give the little girl the opposite message. So if you were having a panic attack right now with me. Mm-hmm. I would say, let me talk to the part that's here that's making you so afraid. And I usually do what we call direct access. Okay. So I'd say, okay, so you're here and you, you've got Monique really, really scared. Is that right? And you, you're, you feel a lot of fear. Is that right? You want to role play it? Sure. Yeah, that's, yeah. All right. Okay. All right. Oh, so <laughs> do the panic thing. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Okay. So Monique, I see there's a part of you that's here that's really, really scared. Is it okay if I talk to it for a second? Okay. Okay. So you're here and, and you just jumped out and and you you're really scared, is that right? Yes. Yeah. And just tell me more about the fear. Tell me why you're so scared or what's happening. I, I got to get out. I I have to leave. Okay. So you're stuck somewhere yeah. that's very scary and you want to get out of there. Is that right? Yeah. I feel okay. like I can't, I can't breathe. Yeah. So we're going to help you do that. That's why we're talking to you. So we can help you get out of where you're stuck back there. How does that sound? Okay. Okay. And it'll be a little easier to help you if you'd be willing to pull some of your energy out of Monique so she can help you too. Would you be willing to do that for a second? Yeah. Okay. All right. So let me talk to Monique again. Yeah. Are you there? Yep. You, do you have a sense of this, this little one who's so scared? Yep. Mm -hmm. How do you feel toward her? Compassionate. You let her know. Yeah. Let her know we're, we're here to help her out of where she's stuck. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we can stop the role play. So do you get the difference? Yeah. Because mm -hmm. what would have been like for that little girl had I said, stop, look in my eyes, take some deep breaths? Yeah, I don't think she would have been able to. She probably wouldn't have, and she would have felt bad that she's she would have gotten the message she shouldn't be here basically mm-hmm right yeah yeah so I appreciate the question because that's one thing I really want to bring to trauma therapy is we don't ever I I virtually never ground somebody in the traditional way mm. I mainly do what I just did which is to talk to the parts about separating and then their the clients grounded but you didn't have to do anything. I didn't do any of that, that typical grounding stuff. Okay, but I was role playing. So I was imagining myself in a panic attack. But I'm, I'm thinking, because I, I don't have panic attacks. 
what have you ever had that i'm sure you have with someone who was having a panic attack and that worked like you they were able to come out wow yeah the only see these exiles think if they don't totally take over you're going to lock them up again but if they can be convinced that in not overwhelming you, they're more likely to get healed, they don't have to overwhelm you. And they're, they're happy to cooperate. All they want is to get out of where they're stuck. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I, I hope so that... It, it absolutely works, yeah. Okay, okay. I'm trying to think. I do want to ask you about your new book, but I... I, I want you to just, again, talk a little bit about the part that is within all of us, even though we have had, you know, maybe we never had um, a safe parent. How is that part that you call the self there? How, how can it be there since yeah. we never had a safe parent? Yeah, we've never had the connection of a safe parent, yet this yeah. part has never been traumatized, has all those qualities. Yeah, um, that is a $64,000 question, although it's a lot more expensive now. <laughs> um, I don't know, I don't know why. Uh, well, I do, I mean, I, I have a spiritual answer for that, but. Yeah, and I, and I do too. Um, and, and what helps me, and you tell me if this, what what helps me to see that everybody has that is you know you just give an example of when you the way you are towards an an animal you yeah. know what what is coming up within you what's that natural kindness and loving and empathy that you feel okay that's it that's kind of how i see yeah, it that's right and you know uh you alluded to attachment theory which says that to have any of that you had to have gotten it from a relationship you had to have had good enough parenting during a critical period in your life. And if you didn't get it there, you're out of luck until you get it from a therapist or it's got to come from an external relationship. And don't get me wrong, there are many, many things I love about attachment theory and, and use, but that particular assumption is dead wrong. And that's been a tough uh, sell also to our field. But and, and it was to me, too, because I was big into attachment theory. But I kept seeing over and over, not only in people who had mild trauma, but people who'd been tortured, literally tortured on a daily basis by their family. I would get parts to open space and the same damn self would show up in them that was in everybody else. And at some point I kept saying, this doesn't square with what I've been taught. How can we explain this? And it wasn't until I started looking into spiritual traditions and saw that virtually all of them have a concept of, that's very similar to this. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of them say you got to meditate 20 years to get there, but it's there. And I actually co-authored a book where we looked at every spiritual tradition and how they each describe what I call self and said, you know, maybe it doesn't have to come from good parenting or anything like that. Maybe it's inherent in us. And so that is my belief that we're born with this self. It's not a part in the way the others are. It's kind of an essence, a spiritual essence. And 
it's it knows how to heal and it's just beneath the surface and uh, all the things i said earlier just uh is, and that's really uh hard to reconcile with our rational kind of view of the world yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense but i love it and it's very hopeful for those who haven't had attachment to know that it's already there and yeah already there and that self can heal you can heal all your listeners it knows what to do mm -hmm. key is to access it and sometimes that can take a long time because for various reasons a lot of times parts are afraid to let you access it to afraid to let you feel self mm. and uh so we some with some clients we have to work a year before their protectors will step back but when they do it's the same self that pops out really beautiful all right well i would love to hear i heard that you have um a new book coming out yeah it's um uh, it's actually an older book that uh we're bringing to sounds true to publish and so hopefully a much wider audience but it's the basic uh, text for understanding for the public to understand uh, IFS and it's very much updated because the original one is I don't know maybe 20 years old now so I had <laughs> I had one illustration was um, from the Wizard of Oz you know and when <laughs> Ding Dong the Witch is Dead you know when which dies and all the all the whoever they are start to be celebrate and change <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's the way it is with these parts but the editor said that's too old that <laughs> that wouldn't work with this audience so the younger generation so it's all updated hmm. and and have you have you i'm just curious changed any language too not too much it's held the language has held up pretty well over all these years what's the title of it oddly enough it's called an introduction to internal family systems good and when will that be out uh boy um uh, i should know this uh <laughs> i think in the spring okay so next year great good we'll yes. be looking so forward to that right well thank you so much for generously giving your time it was it was great and you helped me a lot so <laughs> yeah you. well thank you for being such a good sport Monique I mean oh. I it's as a leader of your community I know it could be challenging to be that vulnerable <laughs> with the people well thank you so much thank you for being with us and uh, yeah 